Bonjour les amis et bienvenue, welcome to the next episode of the Paris Lessons. Merci d'être là, thank you for being here. As we are in the holiday season officially, I thought this would be the perfect time, especially since last week I started to talk about some French holiday traditions. I thought that this would be the perfect opportunity to talk more about French traditions and specifically to talk about the way that the French relate to food. So I'm going to share with you some tips about one of the most important elements of the French festivities, le champagne, that comes from an archived membership that is back on the site for a limited time. You'll see it. It's called Holiday Apéro and Le Champagne. And then I'm going to read you the first lesson from my self-study course, Living with Food the French Way, which is all about the holidays and all about la gourmandise. La gourmandise. This is a word that's very challenging to translate from, from French to English. I always love these words that are difficult to translate because this is often when we have stumbled upon something that doesn't translate culturally. And this is where we really find the gems of whatever culture we are diving into that is not our own, which in our case is French culture. So la gourmandise, which you could simply translate as eating for pleasure. You could also call it overindulging or eating for sport, as I like to call it with my American friends sometimes. La gourmandise, être gourmand, or gourmand means to be someone who loves to eat. This is often translated as a food, as being a foodie. I don't like this translation because I also happen to associate being a foodie with someone who's, you know, very um, into going to the new restaurants and trying out the food of all the new chefs. Which, which I'm not saying is a good thing or a bad thing. To me, that just doesn't have anything to do with la gourmandise, being a gourmand. So the translation of it as a foodie I, I strongly disagree with. For me, someone who's a gourmand or a gourmand, like I'm a gourmand. I love to eat. And there are certain things that I really love to eat. Many of them are seasonal, like raclette. So we are, we're almost to raclette season. It's not quite cold enough here yet. This is one of the things that I love so much in France. I had my first cassoulet, of the season last night at dinner with a dear friend at the Brasserie Ile Saint-Louis, which is one of my favorite traditional French restaurants in all of Paris. It's been around for a long time. It's on Ile Saint-Louis. I love the staff. They're so friendly. I, I Sometimes I just go there for lunch on my way home from the Sorbonne. It's just, it's just so charming. To me, it's perfect. So one of the reasons why we can also indulge in la gourmandise when it comes to French culture, when it comes to French food, is because so many of these really rich foods are seasonal. They come around once a year. So it's sort of a get it while you can type situation, or rather, enjoy it while you can. So let's start off with the champagne, as we would start the festivities off at any sort of French holiday gathering. Champagne. So it's interesting, 
for me because, and, and there's a lot more information in the archived membership that's available for purchase on the site, but my journey with champagne has been very interesting because I'm from Northern California. And at first, to be honest, I thought it was really, I thought, I thought that uh, French people were being very um, exigeant, like very demanding in the way that they would criticize sparkling wine from Northern California for calling itself champagne. But now I completely understand their point of view. Anything that calls itself champagne should only be what is made in the region of champagne, of champagne. Because this is part of the the AOC. You'll see this a lot of times on uh, French products, specifically wines. AOC. AOC, this stands for Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée. So the jurisdiction of this doesn't extend to l'étranger, right? It doesn't extend beyond France. So that's why, you know, other places can technically put champagne on their sparkling wine, but really the correct thing to do would be to say that it's made in, with the champagne method and call it a sparkling wine. Now, the sparkling wines have different names depending on what countries they're from. So Prosecco would be our Italian sparkling wine. Cava would be our Spanish sparkling wine. And Champagne, Champagne, is our French sparkling wine. But from the region of Champagne, not from anywhere else in France. So let me give you some tips on serving your Champagne, and I take you through in uh, this course the different kinds, sec, demi-sec, brut, rosé. I think I take you through, I do, I'm watching it, I'm looking at it right now. I take you through how, um, you know, I, I give you the name for the special method that's used to make rosé champagne. It's very interesting the way that the skins of the grapes are used. And of course, I emphasize that it's always chic to enjoy champagne with moderation, with moderation. The French definitely have moderation down when it comes to enjoying alcohol. So champagne is technically to be served from 4 to 15 degrees Celsius, depending upon its type and its age. Ideally, one is to hold their champagne flute by its stem, so that's the skinny part, and the bottle is to be poured by placing the thumb in the concave bottom and supporting the weight of its side with their fingertips. Pourquoi? Because by having as little physical contact with the coupe, C-O-U-P-E, that's how we say champagne flute in French, or the bottle is possible, less body heat is transferred to the champagne itself. Oui, champagne is that delicate. And the French, rightfully so, respect it that much. That said, I add, don't overthink what I just shared with you. The rule of thumb when it comes to doing things correctly in French culture is simply to follow your host's lead. This also holds true for clinking glasses over a champagne toast. The verb for, um, that we use in French for clinking glasses is trinquer. In some circles, this is a no-no, and I've witnessed this. Uh, it's, and, when it's a, and, and if you find yourself in 
an environment where it's a no-no, it's a big no-no. It's either one of those things that people do or they they don't. It's sacrilegious. The main reason for this is that, again, champagne is too delicate to be treated so violently. So at a champagne toast, you would just raise your glass, but not, you know, clink glasses. Also, ideally, we're serving the champagne in crystal champagne flutes, ideally, so we wouldn't want to damage the champagne flutes either. In order to avoid making social waves, simply do as your hostess does. That said, and this is me inserting an extra comment here, if you do make social waves, which I have, this is how I learned this. I was at a family dinner that was organized so that I could meet the rest of the family, and I thought I was being a a gracious guest by starting a champagne toast, and and uh, it was very, very awkward, and I didn't understand why. I learned why. It was a great lesson in culture for me. But, uh, you know, the hostess, she she did what you're supposed to do in those kinds of situations. She, you know, made me feel comfortable. So what, what uh, proceeded from that, my starting the awkward, the most awkward champagne toast in the history of France was everyone very reluctantly clinked champagne glasses when I had this sense that I had just made everyone do something horribly shameful, which, which uh, I called my best friend Xavier after, and he explained it all to me, and I figured it all out. But that said, though, I've been living in France for four years and living with French culture, coming to France, working with French people in the States, et cetera, et cetera, speaking French for 20 years, and I've only been in a situation like this a few times. It's it's really only a certain part of French society that um, that uh, holds to this 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 uh, non ritual, I would say, of clinking on a champagne toast. More often than not, you will see people clinking glasses over a champagne toast en France. Should you ever find yourself somewhere where people are not doing this, you will now not be as shocked. I was shocked when I first encountered this. So let's move on to lesson one from Living with Food the French Way. This is entitled La Gourmandise. And as with many of my classes, this particular one comes with a meditation with each section. It comes with a vocabulary list. The class is taught in English, but I'm also teaching you the necessary vocabulary that you need to talk about these sort of things and understand these sort of things in French culture. And there's always quotes too that I translate. So I'll share one of the quotes with you. But first, the meditation, c'est de la gourmandise, right? So that could be translated as it's, it's overindulgence. And I encourage my students to say this to themselves as a mantra, if you will, in moments where you're giving yourself permission where you're giving yourself pleasure by enjoying something that at a moment where maybe you're not that hungry, but you really loved that pastry in the window or case in point, maybe something that's quite sugary or has a lot of fat in it, but you're really just letting yourself indulge. And that's your reason. C'est de la gourmandise, right? It's overindulgence. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that's actually how we keep ourselves on track with a healthy, fun relationship with food. I did it today. I had an amazing tarte aux pommes from Poilin. I love Poilin so much. 
and I wasn't terribly hungry, but it's Sunday and it was beautiful out. And I thought, you know, on my way home from teaching Dream in French, I'm going to get a tartopomme. And it was so, so delicious. I loved every moment. C'était de la gourmandise. It was overindulgence. So here's the quote that I'm choosing to share with you. This is from Catherine Deneuve, the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful French actress. À mon sens, to me, la gourmandise n'est pas un péché. Gluttony is not a sin, mais plutôt, but rather, une qualité, an attribute. To me, gluttony is not a sin, but rather, an attribute. I love this. So remember, I mean, if you have someone like Catherine Deneuve saying that she sees gluttony, she sees overindulging as an attribute, not as a sin, may that inspire you to welcome some more joie de vivre into your life as connected with food, especially during the holiday season. I thought it was important to share this right now because I know myself anyways, actually less and less since, I, since I've moved to France, but I used to really be hard on myself for overindulging during the holidays because then I'd think, oh, well, now I have to, now I have to be extra disciplined or go to the gym a lot to, to, you know, let go of this extra weight that I've taken on from overindulging. Why didn't I just not overindulge? No, not overindulging. I mean, depriving yourself of the joy of holiday food, that's just not an option in French culture. And I'm so grateful it's not an option now. As I mentioned moderation earlier with champagne, you can absolutely do so with moderation. I watch lots of my French friends do that. You know, they might, they might share, um, you know, they might share that, that piece of that tart with the person sitting to their left, but they're definitely not going to not enjoy, especially if it's something homemade that someone has made for the occasion. And something like raclette, you know, this wonderful melted cheese with potatoes. Now I'm really, really, really wanting it. I can tell it's really on my mind because I've already mentioned it a couple of times in this podcast. But something like raclette, I mean, you're not going to eat it in the summertime. Thank goodness, because it's so heavy. But, you know, it only comes around once a year. You might only have it a couple of times in the winter every year. So just do it. Just enjoy it. So this... Part of the lesson is entitled Embracing la Gourmandise, or why indulging is a très good thing. And again, this is from the course Living with Food the French Way, which, by the way, is part of a special holiday offer that I posted on the site yesterday. This is one of the courses that is currently available at a special price. I know that some of you have it on your holiday wish list for your loved ones to get for you. So I thought that this might be a nice surprise to make this part of a special offer. This is the story of how I went from fighting the very human desire to seek pleasure in food to not only embracing it, but seeing it as an essential part of living a full life. What if your way of living with food could be shifted with one tiny adjustment? What if I told you that it was fine, even necessary, to indulge? Pleasure. Le plaisir. This will be the central topic of our journey together, the word 
the feeling, the notion that ties together all of the themes that have changed the way that I live with food since moving to France. It is no accident that I decided that la saison des fêtes, the holiday season, was the perfect time to bring this course to you, and not for the reasons that you are likely thinking. Yes, of course, the holidays tend to be a time of overindulging, more on why this cannot be translated properly into French in a minute. So see, even now I'm adding a a comment, uh, a supplementary comment to the text, but even when I say that la gourmandise could be translated as overindulging, it's not an exact translation because overindulging has sort of a negative quality to it, whereas la gourmandise is fun. It has a fun energy around it. Uh, Let me take it back a second. Yes, of course, the holidays tend to be a time of overindulging, more on why this cannot be translated into French in a minute, and subsequent guilt. But most interestingly, by starting with one of the most feared and extreme examples of our relationship to food, i.e. la gourmandise, we will more immediately start to understand the French way of living with it, living with food. As we begin together, I would love for you to take a moment to notice the following as you indulge in the great pleasure of food with friends and family. Are you enjoying it in the moment, or are you living in the future? Meaning, are you making the most of the celebrations and love and attention and earthly pleasures of the holidays, or are you guilting yourself and already living with the pressure of a rigid, pleasureless future to compensate for your quote-unquote enjoyment? I am asking you to notice this because it is impossible to truly enjoy the pleasures of the moment if you are simultaneously experiencing guilt or judging yourself. The worst part of this is that not only are you missing out on the moment, but you are judging yourself simply for being human. Nothing has any power over you unless you allow it. And certain things that we may view as outside forces in American culture, such as cravings, are simply seen as internal forces, as a natural part of being human in France, where cravings are simply seen as the desire to eat purely for pleasure. That cake, those macarons, that pure butter on your morning baguette, the latter being one that I now indulge in in regularly, which, and I'm interjecting again, is huge coming from someone who lived in Los Angeles and was working as an actress five years ago because I was uh, I was going to the gym a lot more. I was basically eating salads and smoothies. I was completely gluten-free. Um, and now everything's just more in moderation, and I have just less of a tense relationship with food. There's no fear. There's no tension. There's no rigid plan. I really, really uh, engage in, in joy with food and in what I would call intuitive eating. I try not to overeat, but if certain opportunities present themselves to eat something that I love, I will absolutely indulge and probably overindulge. You can actually even, it's funny because my my girlfriends here are always joking about, a lot of my girlfriends here are like very, very gourmand. Like they all love to eat too. And I love, love, love to eat. I think maybe I'm the most gourmand out of all of them. And sometimes it surprises people. But I'm always eating. And if and I'm sort of known for being that person at a party. If there's a spread, I'm usually the per- I'm usually very close to the spread. And that was absolutely the case at the recent um, the Friendsgiving, the Copensgiving 
that I had with my wonderful group of friends hosted by Apollonia Poilan a couple of weeks ago. And you can actually see on the Poilan Facebook page, you can see me in the corner of a video that someone shot of the event. There's a, there's a, there's a toast happening and, um, you know, everyone's standing there listening with their glasses in hand. I'm standing there with my piece of pumpkin cheesecake eating away, just so happy. So I'll continue. Uh, those, that cake, those macarons, that pure butter on your morning baguette, none of them are an evil force that you must conquer through a diet or some sort of defiance. The French way of living with food is a gentle way of living, of enjoying this human experience and the wonders that come with it. Fine food, especially enjoyed in loving company, is one of life's greatest pleasures, according to the French. Le plaisir. Julia Child's autobiography, My Life in France, begins with the following. This is a book about some of the things I have loved most in life. My husband, Paul Child, La Belle France, and the many pleasures of cooking and eating. Julia Child didn't know how to cook or speak French when she moved to Paris at age 36. I have come to understand France's part in her discovery of the many pleasures of cooking and eating through my own experience. There are certain memories created around food in French living that can only be described as magical. Food is celebrated, respected, and shared in such a pure way here. And in this text, I refer the reader to a past episode of the Paris Lessons, which, if I remember correctly, has Julia Child's name in it. So you can refer back to that if you're more interested in this topic. I love that book, My Life in France. I love going to the places she mentions, both in Paris and on road trips. I love her way of writing. I love the French words she includes. I think that she has just, that book, she, she captures so well the French spirit. Today, I sat around the table at lunch with three of my best, longest, and dearest French friends. We shared champagne and homemade foie gras. I carefully selected the bottle from my local wine shop downstairs in the Marais, a type of champagne I have yet to see anywhere else in Paris. We toasted brioche between laughter balanced by a beautiful salad with homemade vinaigrette. We enjoyed a tender truffle cheese, a brilla savarin, alongside a mozzarella from a local Italian co-op, properly sending one of my friends off to catch an overnight train to Italy, along with a hard cow's cheese, a conte. The baguette was perfectly crusty on the outside and rich on the inside. I'm actually finishing the rest of it as I write this. Tomorrow it won't be as fresh, which is the perfect reason to be a little gourmand and indulge in it now. Who else is getting hungry? I'm getting hungry reading my own writing. The few pieces of chocolate from La Durée that we nibbled on with our ripe clementines or clementines after our repas, that's how we say meal, were the perfect way to finish our taste buds experience and satiate our appetites. When I get together with these friends, two of whom are very knowledgeable and experienced cooks, it is always a shared moment of gourmandise. Whether we are at home in Paris, enjoying a lazy, quiet, homemade summer seafood pasta meal outside in the garden in Brittany, or a cozy raclette, that's French, for a meal centered around melted cheese, garnished with potatoes, and charcuterie and mustard and cornichon in Normandy. 
There is always love in the sharing of one another's recent news, including highs and lows, because in France, we leave nothing out, seeing it all as part of the balance of life. And then I'm pausing here for a second because this came up today in Dream in French, this, no, this notion of just, you know, truly accepting ourselves, um, the, the unification, if you will, of our highs and lows, of our best qualities, of our, of our qualities that, you know, maybe don't serve us as powerfully. And also, most importantly, making room for this idea of change and of motion in what makes us up as people, what makes up our characters. I was sharing with one of the women who attended that how many times in my life, and I think this has come with age, I would, you know, really, really struggle to try to, you know, be, you know, to be able to attach a certain adjective to myself. Like I am this, or I am that. And then five or 10 years later, I would realize that that had changed. So so the more time went on, the more I realized it was sort of senseless to spend all that energy trying to be one way, trying to put myself into a category that's, you know, really in line with this dualistic thinking, this sort of, you know, yes, no, inside, outside, good, bad way of thinking, and really just accept myself as a whole person, as a whole human being, and allow myself to evolve as such, and to not... Um, to not have so much shame or so much fear about some of the things that maybe aren't serving me so well. So case in point, when I get together with my French friends, I love it because everything is up for sharing and everything is up for discussion and not necessarily in a dramatic way, but just in a way of we are humans sharing our full human lives. We realized today that our pre-Christmas lunch, without intending it to, has become a tradition. I left feeling so lucky for the friendship and for the new way of welcoming food, even in its most sugar, carb, and fat-filled delightfulness, into my life. I left grateful for now living in a peaceful place within the spectrum of the pleasures that food and its communal aspect has to offer, rather than in a place of extremes that ironically gives food a strange and incorrect power. Food has the power to nourish us and to build shared memories, as well as to give us great pleasure. I would exchange any shared meal like today for a moment of indulgence in junk food, especially if it was a moment indulging in junk food alone. These kinds of loving moments spent sharing well-thought-out meals with quality ingredients have made it so easy for me to not simply love food, but to no longer see it as a manifestation of my cravings. My message to you this holiday season is so simple. Just enjoy. Enjoy creating a moment to witness your way of living with food on a deeper level. Enjoy your loved ones. Enjoy the tastes of everything that you share around the table or the cutting board as you prepare your meals. Remember that sharing food, especially with earthy ingredients and specialties created with passionate artistry, is a wonderful form of alchemy. The memories made and the pleasures experienced are part of what being human is all about. May your holiday season be filled with the conscious, intended enjoyment of food. May you indulge without regret. May memories be built in your taste buds. How lucky we are to be in a position to have the choice to indulge or not. Food was never intended to be torturous or confusing. 
It is a gift of the earth and of humans' ability to turn it into unique delice, delicacies. This is nothing short of a modern miracle. What a shame it would be to not enjoy that. This is one of the reasons that we see it celebrated so spectacularly here in France, particularly in the pâtisserie, pastry and cake shops. Have you ever seen one of those French delights that is so beautiful that you almost hesitate to taste it for fear of ruining a piece of art? If only we thought of food in this way in general, we would have a much more tender, peaceful, loving, and French attitude towards it. Indulging does not have to mean losing control. In fact, just as the French are very accepting of the dreamy and painful sides of love, they accept both sides of our human connection to food, necessity, and pleasure. The French give a name to eating for pleasure alone, la gourmandise. They recognize it as an unavoidable human desire and disempower it by not avoiding it completely, but by giving it its due place and time in life. By allowing themselves to indulge, they actually give themselves more confidence in their relationship to food. The French can indulge with relatively little guilt because they now know that they can and will also discern when not to. This is exactly why the holiday season, the ideal time to indulge, is the perfect time for us to begin this conversation about living with food the French way. I encourage you to see indulging as necessary to a fulfilling human experience. Knowing that you are fully capable of not indulging as well, we will explore those moments later on in the course together. The French accept all aspects of human desire, positive and negative, and act from a place of calm confidence within their limits. Yes, they will indulge, but they will rarely overindulge. Why can't overindulge truly be translated into French? For the simple reason that this concept does not exist in French culture, as is often the case when comparing French to American culture, one notices a presence of extremes in the latter. To a French person, indulging means enjoying for pleasure's sake, which already expresses a certain amount of excess. Overindulging would ruin the enjoyment of indulging. This is where the French concept of assez, which means enough, comes into our conversation but that is best saved for further along our journey. Until then, profitez des fêtes, enjoy the holidays, and remember, you are only human. Live and celebrate in the moment, the French way. And then I give some notes on some, some actions that I encourage the reader to take sort of as devoir, as homework, if you will, over the week, uh, mainly to observe your actions your thoughts, your feelings around food during this festive time. I encourage the reader, you, the listener, to write them down and even to send them to me via email if you like. It's Carrie Ann, C-A-R-R-I-E-A-N-N-E at frenchisbeautiful.com. I would love for you to record your current way of living with food before I share more about living with food the French way as a way to keep record of this course's effect on your way of living with that most pleasurable most necessary element of our human life. So what is our mantra as we head into the holidays and we have all of these wonderful delis, these delicacies presented to us and homemade things and parties and dinners? Our mantra is, c'est 
de la gourmandise. C'est de la gourmandise. It's eating for pleasure. Give it a name. Give it a beautiful name with that wonderful word pleasure in it. It's eating for pleasure. And watch how this sort of, this, this negative energy or this fear around it or this guilt just melts away and you enjoy the holiday festivities like never before. Et voilà, chers amis. And there you go, dear friends. Merci encore d'être là. Thank you again for being here. Et je vous souhaite une très belle semaine. And I wish you a very beautiful week.